You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. Um, So I am here today. I am Haley Haggerty, in case you don't know me. Um, So today we're talking about the ninth commandment. And which is, um, it's from Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And so when I found out this was the commandment that I was going to be talking about, I was like, oh, like that's kind of hard. Like, don't lie. I don't know really where you go with that. Um, but of course the, the Lord is good. And so he does help along the way. And of course I've learned a lot about myself along the way. In fact, just this morning, <clears throat> I, um, uh, had to think about this because Jody, um, and so actually, so you remember last week we had two, um, pastors from Gateway here. Um, one was Pastor Marcus, got up and shared for just a minute, and then Pastor Galen is actually an elder. And um, so, so grateful that they came in, really spent the whole weekend with us and spent Monday with the elders here and the staff and just poured into us. We're just so grateful for them and all that they have sown into us and what they have taught us. And so it just so happened that it worked out that the weekend they could come, it was the next weekend that um, was the Gateway Conference. So our senior um, leadership team, I think, was everybody, most of the senior leadership team maybe, um, was able to go this week. And so I have no idea who picked the, the flights, but that meant that Jody was leaving our house at 434, 35-ish, and um, he was asking me last night, he's like, you think I'll wake anybody up, you know, and I actually, um, two of our, our oldest two went and spent the night with my parents, so I only had the, the little one, the four-year-old, um, and so I was like, I don't know, he's like, well, I really want, I really would like to make my shake, and I was like, <laughs> really? And he said, do you think it'll wake anybody up? I was like, well, it probably wouldn't wake me up, but it probably will wake Piper up. That thing is loud. I said, if you, if you really have to, just, you know, low setting, like, don't. He's like, oh, but it's got ice. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're talking about this. And so, anyway, um, sure enough, about 4.40-ish, I hear this, Vitamix, here we go. And then here I hear a four-year-old down the hall. So here she comes, and um, I don't know about if you have a four-year-old, how your four-year-old sleeps. You know, they're all different, but Piper, little Piper, (laughs) sweet Piper. She comes in, and she says, Daddy's down there with his little suitcase, and he said he's going somewhere. It's morning. I said, it's not morning. He's just crazy. And so she said, oh, Okay. And so when she's like, I'm going to get in the bed with you. I said, okay. So here's, I mean, like flip-flopping everywhere. You know, she's got to get on my side. Then she wants to get to his side. And then she wants, so I finally, I just say, oh. So I get up and I go to the other side and I'm thinking, when he calls me this afternoon, he's going to hear some truth. Y'all better pray that I have a little long-suffering because I've learned this week that long-suffering is actually just truth without revenge. So I'm going to um, pray for that. I don't know that I'm there yet, but 
I'm going to pray for some long suffering. Okay. So the Lord has taken advantage of this message and taught me a few things. And um, so I'm excited to share those with you uh, today. And so we have learned um, as Jody has gone through each um, commandment that they are best described as prescriptions. Um, we have to remember that um, the Lord was reorganizing a civilized society. That was his goal. Um, they had, well, if you think about it, the Lord started out with a man, Adam, and then there was a couple, right, Adam and Eve. Then he went to a family, Noah. Then he went to generations with Abraham that turned into a community, and here we have the Israelites. But the Israelites had become slaves, and so the Lord had a plan. He pulled the, the Israelites out of Egypt, and, and so here we are. He knows that they are now free. And free people without any guidelines will put themselves back in bondage just about every time. And so he wanted to set some some guidelines and some parameters so that it's kind of like, you know, you could sort of liken it to like traffic laws. It's not like prison bars, like you cannot, like that. that's the way we think of it, right? It's more like, I mean, how many of you guys are thankful for traffic laws? Because otherwise, it would be chaos in the streets, wouldn't it? And so um, these are just prescriptions of how God um, has designed life to work best. And so um, at this time, when the Israelites um, were getting these, there was no DNA testing. You know, there, there was no... Proof in that way, of, uh, as far as science goes, um, I don't think, as far as I know, there wasn't a forensics, you know, department around the corner. So this society was being built upon honesty. It was being built upon tell the truth about your neighbor. If your neighbor did it, say so. If your neighbor didn't, say so. And so the question oftentimes is, who is your neighbor? In fact, in Luke, um, let me make sure I'm saying the right chapter here. Luke 10, um, there was a lawyer, actually, that um, asked Jesus. He was saying, you know, if you sum up the commandments, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so the lawyer said, well, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus went on to talk about the Good Samaritan. So it's anyone really that you come in contact with. It can be your parents, your children, your real neighbor. Um, But for us, if we think about it, the Israelites were the society, the reorganizing society of the time. And then when Jesus came, now we're we're grafted into the family. We're adopted in as sons and daughters. And so now his what he's building is his kingdom. What he's building is the church, which is his body. And so all throughout each of these stages, it was designed, Adam was made in God's image. And so the design was that he would show who God is. And so then he had a community and he wanted the Israelites show people who I am, how life can work with me. And so now, thankfully, by grace, Jesus came and he, he did 
what we needed to be grafted into the family. And now we, as the church, are the body of Christ, and we are the ones that show who God is. That's our desire. We want to show who God is. And so um, truth is a big part of who God is. Justice is a big part of who God is. We forget because we, we do tend to, we're so grateful for grace that sometimes we forget he's still just. He's still truth. And he's still God. And he's holy. And so I want to talk today in some ways that we can um, show who God is in our life as the body of Christ. And so three practical ways that we can apply this particular principle or prescription to our lives. Can you do that with me today? All right. So I have some volunteers that I've already talked to um, that are going to come up now. And I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to read a few scriptures. So if you three will come up and if you two will come right here. Come down just about right here. I'll be good. They don't have to say anything. Thank you so much. They were so sweet. They were like, yes, sure, no problem. So I'm going to hopefully have a little illustration for you guys that hopefully works in real life like it did in my head. So I hope. All right, so Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm going to read a little bit of scripture because i got to set the stage, okay? We're setting a foundation for this understanding. 4 and verse 1, Therefore I, a prisoner, so Paul is writing to the Ephesians, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However... He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Okay, a few ladies would come over here. I need one of you to stand kind of just right in the middle of these two. And then, Miss Carolyn, if you'll just stand like this and Jen on the other side. Okay. Perfect. Yes, yes. Okay, so, okay, scoot up just a little bit. Okay, so I I know this is, you're going to have to imagine. Go with me for a minute, okay? But this is going to be our little illustration of the body of Christ. Can you guys see over there? Good? Okay. 
All right, I hope our online audience can see. Thank you for joining in with us today. I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope you can see this illustration. Um, so this is going to be like our um, torso, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is an arm and an arm and a leg and a leg. Just imagine with me, okay? Go with it. All right. Y'all can do that, right? Y'all are all creative. God is creative, so you're creative. All right, think about it. Okay, so here is the body of Christ. Now, every one of these special people are different, right? Because they've each been given a gift. They've each been given a gift. Now, I know you're asking right now, what does this have to do with truth? I'm going to get there, I promise. But they've each been given a gift. Okay, so look at that with me now. Go with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Now, what I want you to think about while you're looking at that, if you have your Bible, Galatians chapter 6, is that there has not been any one person really that by themselves could show who the Father is except Jesus Christ. And he even chose to bring disciples along. They weren't always helpful, but sometimes they were. And so um, there is, we can't do it alone. Because you have a gift that I don't have. And your neighbor has a gift that you don't have. And the person that you don't like down the road, don't look at them, they have a gift that you don't have. Everybody has a gift from the Lord, every single one of us, okay? All right, so Galatians 6. And this particular, listen carefully because this really, like, I had to ask the Lord to help me with this verse of Scripture because I was really messed up for a long time concerning this, okay? You don't, if it's tiring, you don't have to leave your arms up. I'm sorry. I don't mean to wear you out. All right. One, let's see, six and one. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I was like, but we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, but then he says everybody bears their own load. And I was really... Like, I don't like to say confused because, you know, we do have the mind of Christ, but I was a little confused in my mind. I didn't understand it. And so, um, and I, I feel like there's so much in this still that I don't totally get. But I do think that he helped me see a picture um, a couple of weeks ago that has helped me understand this where I'm at. Okay. And so if this is the body of Christ and... Here you are. Perfect. Good job. Um, If this is the body of Christ, it says, if anyone is caught in any trespass, this is the definition I found for trespass, a lapse or deviation from truth and uprightness. A lapse or a deviation from truth or uprightness. Now, Jen would not do this, but we're just going to say she has a lapse. Okay. 
This is why I can use you because I know you wouldn't. All right, she never has any lapses because she's not human. Okay. (laughs) We're all human, right? We all have lapses at moments. We all make mistakes. Humans do that. So let's just say, though, that she's had a lapse in judgment. Who's going to bear the burden of that now? The rest of the body. Because there's going to be some overcompensation. There's going to be a loss temporarily of her gift. There's going to be time lost in dealing with things. Right? The, the right arm is now, like, not functioning properly. So the feet are going to, like, need shoes. How do you get shoes on with one foot? Like, that's hard unless you got slip-ons. There, there are things that there are ways that we bear that burden as the body of Christ when some... So look, think about the word restore. That's the next, the next word, trespass. So we have a trespass. Then it says restore such a one. So this word restore um, was often used in the Greek, uh, in secular, but in the Greek it was used as a medical term um, for like repairing something that was dislocated. Okay, so if you have a part of the body that is dislocated, we need to what? Relocate it. Absolutely. But who, who's going to... So if you're over here, now here's where we're getting to the truth. We can just ignore it and just live in pain. Some people do that. Ignore it and live in pain and missing this part of our body. Or we can find out the truth, get a diagnosis and say, friend, you are dislocated. Now, how many of you guys, that's hard to do that to someone, even your friend, like to tell them the truth? Because that's, that's me, totally me. I have the hardest time telling people the truth because I'm a good Southern girl where you just smile. Oh, that's okay, no problem, you know, because I'm a people pleaser. And the problem is it doesn't help people. It doesn't help anyone for me to just ignore while this whole arm is dislocated and while this whole body is suffering. It's not right. And so we want to relocate this arm with a spirit of gentleness. Now, for me, I often thought spirit of gentleness meant weakness. Not, I didn't use that term, but I thought, oh, just let, just let it go. Let it go. Be nice. Let it go. But that's not true. As I studied more, I'm kind of getting this better understanding of the spirit of gentleness. It's actually more like um, strength under control. Strength under control. I really, really struggled with this for a long time, let people run right over me. Um, and I didn't know why they were running over me because I thought I was being a good little Christian, you know. And um, this is actually, um, okay, thank you guys. Y'all are, you're probably tired. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Y'all are a good body of Christ. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but this has been a, a lifelong, really, um, struggle for me personally, um, because when I married Jody, um, and I'm going to get very real for a minute, 
um, and transparent. When I married Jody, Jody was very, um, he came from a very direct family, um, which is not bad. I just wasn't used to it. Um, very direct, very strong. Um, and so Jody is very direct and very strong. And so he would want to deal with something um, after, you know, he started the church, um, became pastor of the church and everything. He, w- he would want to deal with something. And I'd be like, no, my gosh, they'll hate us. They will hate us forever. And then I'll see them in the grocery store and they will hate me. And I won't know what to do. And then I won't get my milk because I'll leave. And then I'll be like embarrassed in my car and I'll go home and nobody will have milk for like ever. So I would be like, no, every time. And I would, this was my, this was my thing. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. You know, he's like, I am nice. I'm like, no, you're not. Be nice. And so um, what I didn't realize, though, was that God had put something in him that he needed for the work here. And I was actually holding him back. And so I want to apologize for that. Um, I did not have a good understanding of what a peacemaker was. I thought I had to just let people do whatever they wanted so to keep the peace. And that doesn't work um, because that actually will cause divisions and a mess. And sometimes to be a peacemaker, you have to let certain things go to keep the peace. And that's hard for me. Super duper alley-ooper, as Tigger would say, hard for me. But it's so important that we speak truth to each other. That's the first practical way. We have to be able, as the body of Christ, to realize that we are one body and that when one is suffering or one has been overtaken and has a lapse from the truth, we will suffer if we don't tell them the truth. They will suffer if we don't tell them the truth. I will suffer. The body of Christ will suffer, and we won't be able to show the picture fully of who God is. Because if they do decide to leave, which happens, we will then all suffer. We will lose that gifting, which God is so good and so faithful that he never lets us down and we will be just fine. But the point is his intention was for that gift to be used in his body. And so I want to share just a couple of scriptures about this, um, just so that you can kind of see some other scripture. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed or what? Relocated. It's also the same term that restore um, is also the same term that is used in mending of the nets. So you can imagine if there's a part of the net torn, the fish are just going to fall right through. Right? So there's a mending of the nets and then a relocating of the parts of the body. That is the goal. We want to restore such a one. Proverbs 9, though, in verse 8 says, Don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise and they will love you. Mature Christians will listen. Wise, 
Christians will listen. Um, the Bible talks about foolish. They won't listen. And it's so hard. Jody and I have sat with people before, no one from this church, no one you know, just, just don't even try to figure out who it is. That's why I never really try to tell stories like this, but this really is somebody you do not know. Um, but we, we would sit down with them, and they were struggling in their marriage, and they would just not tell the truth. I mean, like, we kept, like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, what are you saying right now, you know? And we finally looked at each other, and we realized we are working harder at this marriage than they are. And we can't do it. We're taking time from our kids. We're taking time from our church to try to help this couple that is not even telling us the truth. Things that are kept in the dark cannot heal. Things have to be brought to the light, you know? They're hard. It's hard to bring stuff to the light, but that is the pathway to the position of a good standing in truth and freedom. It really, really, really is. And so the third um, verse that I wanted to read to you is Titus 3 and verse 10. says, if people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. <laughs> that is so hard. Now, I don't think that means don't pray for them. It doesn't mean don't receive them back if they repent. It simply means don't allow the division to keep going because it's not healthy for the body. It's just not. All right, so I'm moving on from that. That's tough. That's tough. Okay, number two, we must speak truth to ourselves and be able to receive truth from others. So now we're going to flip the script sort of, right? Have you ever noticed that sometimes, and this is, this is true about me. I'm going to use myself. I tend to do that. Um, when I am going to have a conversation with someone, and this is so selfish. I don't know why I do this. But um, when I'm going to have a, I think, how will they receive it? Like, what will they think about me? Will they still like me? Will they think I'm hard? You know, or maybe um, I'm going to go respond because I'm angry. Not because of their benefit, but because I'm angry. They've hurt me. And so now that I've realized this, the Lord is showing me some things. I have to ask some tough questions before a conversation. What, Haley, is your motive behind this conversation with this person. You're going to tell them the truth, right? But let's talk about you first. What's your motive? Are you worried about how they're going to, what they're going to think about you? Are they going to like you? Are you pleasing them? Are you tickling their ear? Or do you really care about the person? Because love does the best thing for the person at the moment. Not for me. But for you, my children, if they're doing something and I know it's not good, I'm not going to just sit there and say, well, if I get on to them, they're not going to like me anymore. No, I can't do that because they will end up hurt. They will end up in 
who knows what, if I don't speak up and tell them the truth. Love does the best thing for the person at the moment. Okay. So quiet. Just going to try to think of a joke, but I, I need Pastor Stephen. Where's he at? He's not here. He went to Gateway. Okay. Um, okay. So we have to trust the Lord will take care of the outcome if we obey and speak truth. Okay. We have to trust him. It's not always easy, but we have to secondly ask the question, can we handle the truth? You know, that whole movie, you can't handle the truth. Jody uses that all the time. You can't handle the truth. You know, what's that movie? Two few good men. Yes. Um, and so that's the question today. Can you handle the truth? Sometimes I cannot. Um, because I feel like if you see something flawed in me, then like I might as well die now because like I'm ruined. Like if, and, and I, that's just like a, a personality thing I'm trying to work on because the day is the same way. Like if one bad thing happens, oh, this day is awful. Like I'm just like, I go there really quick. And so the Lord is helping me not to go there really quick, slowly, but I, I tend to take it very personally because I have this false image of myself that I want to portray to people. And we've already called, we've already covered false images, right? But when I, when you see a flaw in me, I don't want you to see that because you might think I'm not what I am and I, whatever. I might have said that backwards. And that actually concerns me sometimes when Jody is up here and he's saying like really nice things about me. It's so sweet. But what you don't know what's going on in my head is, please don't say that because they're going to think this of me. And when they really meet me, I'm going to let them down quick. (laughs) And so I I just am like, don't say that. Don't say that. Like, it's so sweet, honey, but don't say that, you know. Because just like, keep the standard low. (laughs) And then I'll rise to the occasion, you know, is what I feel like. Like, just keep it low, baby. Just keep it low. We just want to stay right here, and then I can be right here. All right, we'll do this. Um, but sometimes, you know, we don't want people to see the real us. Are we being honest with ourselves? Are we willing to be honest with others about ourselves and sort of dash that false image of ourselves? Because it's not real. False, that's false. Um, and so I'm going to tell you the story. I was wondering whether I should. I'm going to tell you the story of when I was a kid. So I, I have always um, sort of dealt with um, a bit of anxiety, like the, the whole false image thing, like wanting to like be perfect to you. Like now my home is not like the neatest thing ever. So don't think that. I'm keeping standards low. So, I mean, to you, it's not that bad. But um, I don't want you to think like, oh, my goodness, she's so sloppy. But, um, I mean, I don't want it up here, but I don't want it way down here. I want it right here. Um, So when I was young, I had to make all A's. Like, don't give me a B. Like, I just... Oh, no, I couldn't handle it. Like, I really could not handle it. And I would freak out over every single test. I mean, it wouldn't matter if I knew it to a T, I would freak out. And so I must remember, like, all these weekends I would waste worrying about this test I took on Friday. 
knowing I aced the thing, but I'd still worry about it all weekend because what if, like, I had a lapse of brain juice and I didn't get it all right? I mean, I don't know. And so one day, I think I was in the fourth grade, I think. I think I was in the fourth grade. And my teacher just stands there and yells at me, stop being a wuss. Now, I wouldn't advocate that if you're a teacher. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's appropriate. But I remember it to this day. Because I, she had been with me enough and had seen me suffer enough that she was willing to tell me the truth. And she's probably one of my favorite teachers to this day. Because she was willing to tell me the truth. Now, I'm not going to say my struggle stopped right away. It didn't. But I did recognize it. I knew that there was an issue that I needed help with. And so I think that teacher now, in the moment I was really embarrassed, but I think that teacher now for speaking truth into my life because I was being ridiculous. And they would call my mom from school. I'd be so upset. Ridiculous. But I needed someone to tell me I was being ridiculous. And she did that for me. Um, these things that happen in our mind where we tell ourselves, they start with our thoughts. And so I have a picture of our stairs, and I, I don't know that you'll be able to actually read what it says because it's awfully light. Okay, so you can kind of see writing on the stairs. Okay, so I said I did this for my kids, but I really did it for me um, for the most part. It's Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What you speak to yourself, what you say to yourself, and what you say to others comes from your thought life. And I can spiral down a thought life quicker than I can dry my hair. I mean, it's so true. I just can. And so I have to see this every day. I have worship songs when I get in this little funk, and I'm like, uh-uh, nope, we're going to turn this worship song. In fact, this morning on the way here, I was so nervous. And my Piper was with me. She's in the back seat, and she loves to watch her little DVD. I'm like, uh-uh, honey, I'm so sorry, but we got to listen to some worship music. Mama needs the Prince of Peace right now. And so she says, okay, Mama, you want me to sing with you? I said, yes, please, baby, sing with me because Mama is nervous. And so we sing the song together, and, and we're done. And she says, Mama, you better. You're not scared now. And I said, yes, baby, I'm so much better. Thank you. She said, you're welcome. Now, I could put a front in front of my daughter and say, honey, I got this. No problem. Me and the Lord, we're tight. We got this, you know. Um, or I can be honest with her and say, honey, mama, this is, this is tough. This is, this is real. This is responsibility that I'm taking on that I have to answer to the Lord for. And so I need some worship right now. Can you help me? We can be honest with our kids. And so I have that in my house to remind me every day. And so that's number two is be honest with yourself. Tell yourself the truth. Number three, last one. We must develop a truth filter when it comes to the world. 
Because the world is lying to us every single day. And he slips it in. He doesn't just come up and say, hello, my name is the devil, and I'm going to lie to you right now. No, he deceives you. He puts, he takes something that you like and he slips it in because you like it. Now, let me, let me just give a couple of examples and please don't think that I am being nitpicky. That is not the point at all. Okay. I'm not, look, you can ask my children, I, my parenting, I'm not like a specialist in that. Okay. They will tell you really quick, but there is something so when, I, when you hear this, what I'm trying to say to you is not that, oh, my goodness, this is law. Like, don't watch this, watch this, don't watch this, watch this. It's not like that. It's, oh, whoa, that hurt my heart. So, for example, if my kids talk back to me, I tell them, like, so let me, let me explain this to you. You know that sound when they're screeching on a chalkboard? When you talk back to me, that's, ooh, that's what it feels like. And there's sometimes you hear something, and it's like, whoa, that is a lie. And you just like, it just sort of, ooh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So um, this is a fair, I mean, okay, I'm just going to tell you. It's Sophia the First, <laughs> okay? Sophia the First. Cute little show that has a moral to the story. I am not picking on Sophia the first because I like her. She's so cute. Okay? I like her. But one day I'm in the other room and Piper's watching Sophia the first. And I already know there's magic in a, I think he's a sorcerer. And I'm already like not liking that. I'm like, oh, but she loves it. And it keeps her quiet for like five minutes. And I really need five minutes, you know. And I mean, this is the struggle, right? We're in this tension. Parenting is hard. And so I, I'm in the other room and all of a sudden I hear this. I'm going to be a good little witch. I'm like, wow, what? Sophia, what happened? You know? And so I go in there, and of course I rewind it, you know, thank goodness for technology. And I watch it, and it's about this witch that liked to um, hex her friends and do mean things. But Sophia, of course, comes along and says, oh, you know, you can be a good witch. You know, do nice things. And, and, you know, that's all well and good, except for there's nothing in Scripture about good witchcraft. Every, nothing. I can't find it. And so don't pick on just little kids' shows, but there's also one, I think it's on Hallmark, called The Good Witch. The enemy wants to take what you like, and you say, oh, but it's a good show, but it's a witch. And they're looking to her to fix things. She's not God. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not being nitpicky. I'm really not. I'm just saying there are lies that are trying to come into our children's lives and our lives. And I think the enemy is really counting us to be spiritually lazy. I'm not saying that your kids can't like just... Turn off the TV, shove it out the door. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that it is wise to watch, listen to your heart, listen to the Lord. And when he pricks your heart, do something. 
Because they are going to be watching shows when you're not around. And if you don't teach them that, honey, we don't do witches. At four, then she won't understand it when she's 15. We've got to start now because there's so many things coming at our children. There's so many things coming at us on a daily basis. I tell my, my oldest especially right now, if there's something you're not sure about, please come ask me. Or I've given her the name of three girls you can go ask. If it's something you're embarrassed about, you can go ask these three friends. Or you can ask me because I want somebody that's going to tell you the truth. Because the people out there will tell you what they think is true and it will sound like truth. And so here we go. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now I want to make one, one more thing, so talk about one more thing. And I really, I really um, talked to the Lord about this because they're already going to think I'm being nitpicky. They're already going to think I'm being like this zealot. Um, but here we go. Um, so I love fall. Probably my favorite season. I love pumpkins. I love the leaves falling. I love bonfires. I love hot chocolate, apple cider. You name it. I love it. But there's something that has been snuck in. And most people are not even aware. I'm not even getting into the history of Halloween. Not even going to get into the history because I don't even, I've read it. I don't remember it all. But you know what bothers me? It's not that kids dress up and get candy. That does not bother me. Go do that. I don't care. I love candy. I love costumes. It's fun. That's not what, but the word Halloween, do you know what hallow means? To honor as holy. October 31st, to honor as holy our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be his name only, not October 31st. Do you see what I'm saying? Most people don't even know that, so I'm not nitpicking. But I'm saying there are lies that are everywhere, every day. And we have to trust the Lord to speak to our hearts or we'll miss it. But it's truth. And we can't ignore it. Not once you know. Right? If you don't know, that's one thing. Once you know, we can't ignore it. So, today, we are this body of Christ. That together, we want to show who God is. And that takes truth. It takes truth. The good news is we have some advantages today that the Israelites didn't have as many advantages as we do. We now have the spirit of truth inside of us. 
to teach us. We have grace to empower us. And we have each other. If we look at it that way, that we have each other, then we won't get so defensive when somebody says something to us. We'll take it because we know they love us. Our neighbors, the ones that love us, want to be connected with us and work and function together. So, if everyone will just bow your head for just a moment, I want to ask you guys to think about what we've talked about today, truth. And right now, ask the Spirit of Truth. Ask the Holy Spirit just in your seat, right where you are. Ask Him, what are you speaking to me specifically today? What do I need to hear today? Because no matter what I say, the Holy Spirit can speak to every single person individually right now. And I'm a firm believer that He will we're quiet enough just for a moment to listen. Lord, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for what you've taught us. Lord, I thank you that you speak, that you still speak to each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that you're speaking to every heart right now. Lord, that there are ears to hear what you're speaking. Lord, that there is freedom in who you are, that there is freedom in the way that you have designed life. Lord, we want to find that freedom. And I thank you, Lord, for this journey that we're on together, that we have each other. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Now, We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.